0: This morning is the fourth uh, sermon in a series that I'm calling Greatest Hits of the Faith. And what we're doing is hitting some of the highlights of one of our statements of faith, one of our confessions, the Heidelberg Catechism. And uh, tonight, today, we're continuing what we did last Sunday night, which was a look at Lord's Day 10 and the idea of God's providence. Uh, Before we look to that lesson, Lord's Day 10... Uh, We're going to read some verses from Acts 17, 24 through 28. And I encourage you to listen to God's word here. This is in the middle of a sermon that Paul preached in Athens, Greece, when he was starting his missionary journeys. Athens, Greece. And these four verses especially highlight... Uh, the greatness of God, the uh, sovereignty of God that we're going to talk about this morning in his providence. He's telling them who God is, these people that don't know God. Acts 17, 24, this is God's holy and infallible word. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And that's one of the scripture texts for this Lord's Day 10. It's going to be on the screen, but it's also on page 17 in the back of the hymnals if you want to refer to it later. Page 17, it's Lord's Day 10. What I There are two questions and answers. I'm going to read the question, and if you could read uh, the answer all together with me, that would be great. What do you understand by the providence of God? How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? When we started out this series a few weeks ago with Lord's Day 1, that introduction to the catechism, we saw how the biblical faith is a God-centered faith. The Christian faith, our faith, is centered on the person and the actions of God. That's important because people's first reaction when they think about Living the best life they can have or having the best possible life for them and their family as they can have. Uh, the first reaction and thought is, well, to have the best for me and, and my family is to focus on myself and really concentrate there. But the opposite is true. When we focus on God, we will be blessed. Then we will benefit. Benefit. Personally, you will benefit, and those closest to us. A God-centered faith, the biblical faith, is what is right. It's what's best for us. It's what's best for others. It's what the world needs. And as we started seeing last Sunday night in this little two-part sermon, it's also, that kind of faith is also what makes our lives attractive, attractive even beautiful. In looking at Lord's Day 10 and the idea of providence, I said, what is God's providence? Uh, We saw uh, last Sunday night how it's similar to this idea that I have in the sermon title that God is sovereign. God's sovereignty means that God is 100% in loving control of this universe and our lives. God's sovereignty means that nothing slips through his fingers. God's sovereignty means that he never says oops. Everything happens for a reason. For his purposes. And his purposes are always loving. As one pastor put it. There are no accidents in your life. Every economic downturn, every middle of the night phone call, every oncology report has been sent to us from the God who sees all things, plans all things, and loves us more than we can know. Whether it means the end of our suffering or a continuing of our suffering, providence means God is for us, not against us. Knowledge of that great truth makes our lives beautiful in a number of ways. First of all, and again, this is from last Sunday night, it makes us trusting people. God's sovereignty makes our lives beautiful by making us trusting people. Trusting people are beautiful people, anxious, fretful Worry warts are not beautiful people, but we 're not that way because we have a loving heavenly Father who is steering the ship of our lives with care, with love, with constant vigilance. He neither slumbers nor sleeps says psalm one twenty one You can trust him completely, and I, I just want to say it again what I said last Sunday night because it 's a real it 's a, a picture that really speaks a lot to me personally you know when we think about being all anxious and controlling about our lives, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes in, in one of the great hymns, At the Name of Jesus, and probably some others, talks about Jesus Christ as our captain, right? He's the captain of our lives, the captain of our ship. And, and when we try to control our lives, it's almost like we're asking Jesus, the captain, to bring us over to the it's not a steering wheel, obviously. What? The helm. Oh, yeah, the, I don't think that's what I was, but the helm of the ship of our lives, right? So, so think about this. If Let's say we want to be in control. That's like Jesus taking us over to the helm of the ship of our lives and saying, all right, go at it. If he really did that, if he really like, released his sovereignty over your life for just a minute and said, "You know, this is your own life we're talking about, not but somebody else's, go to the helm of the ship of your life, you know what? You wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't have a clue. You wouldn't know where to take the ship of your life, to go left or right. You wouldn't know what to do with the sails. Do I put them up? Do I put them down? I mean, you wouldn't have a clue if God actually did that. Jesus is the captain of your life, and you can trust us completely, and knowing that makes you trusting, and you can be trusting, because he's your heavenly father. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. Second, God's sovereignty makes our lives beautiful by making us responsible people. Now, Your first thought might be, that doesn't fit with the trusting idea. We have to be responsible. I thought we had to be trusting. God provides. God cares for us. We just rest in his care. But the fact is that people who know the sovereign providence of God, those people are responsible people. We are not careless or lazy. We don't sit around looking for handouts in life because of the truth of God's sovereignty. We're responsible because we know this very important truth. God, in his providence, many times has decided to use means to carry out his will. Instruments. A very everyday example. God, in his sovereignty, could put food on our kitchen tables directly every day he has that power but instead he has chosen again in his sovereignty to use farmers sun rain soil our work and labor our money to do that means that's how it was from the very beginning. Adam and Eve were put there to work the soil and to govern creation. They were given tasks and responsibilities. And so we too are responsible. We're stewards under the sovereignty. of We're his stewards with our tasks and callings to be about through his strength, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Third, all of this makes us thankful people too. Our lives are beautiful because we are thankful people as Christians. The Catechism talked about this especially. The Catechism says we are to be thankful when things go well. When you think of little children, a thankless child is never appreciated. You don't appreciate a thankless child. You don't. They're not too pleasant. The same is true with adults and all of us our whole life long. A thankless person is an ugly person in a sense. And a thankful person is a beautiful person. The opposite of thankfulness is an entitlement attitude. An entitlement attitude says, of course I have this and that. I deserve it. I work hard. I'm a pretty good person and so forth and so on. It seems that there are a lot of people today with an entitlement attitude in our American society. A large part of the solution would be truly knowing the Creator and the Provider. Much would be solved with an attitude of gratitude rather than entitlement. In the the political discussion about entitlement, mostly the poor are talked about in terms of entitlement. But it's also something that wealthier members of our society can have and I think do have. Rich, poor, doesn't matter who you are. We can have an entitlement attitude. And when it comes down to it, that's a godless attitude. It's godless. Because it does not acknowledge the complete sovereignty of God. It does not acknowledge that Everything we have, literally everything, is a blessing from him. Yes, we're called to work and be diligent. That's the responsibility point we just talked about. But it's ultimately all from him. Thankfulness is at the opposite end of the spectrum from entitlement. We want to be thankful. The catechism says we can be thankful when things go well. How often... I wonder, do we pray for safe travel or healing for a spouse maybe or for a job or whatever and then never get around to thanking God on the other side of the blessing? Does that happen sometimes? I think it does. Thank God on the other side of the blessing in the prayer. Thank Him every chance you get. You can thank him in little prayers throughout the day, in long, big, deep prayers in your quiet time. As a pastor puts it, same pastor as the other one, a guy by the name of Reverend Kevin DeYoung. He's a pastor in the RCA. Providence means success and prosperity are not just products of good upbringing, good looks, intelligence, and hard work, but ultimately They're the product of the unmerited favor of a good God. God's sovereignty makes your life beautiful because you know that and you're a thankful person from the bottom of your heart. Fourth, this all makes us patient people. Impatient, being impatient is not a pleasing personality trait. Patience, though, is a beautiful one. The Catechism says we are to be patient in hard times. We can can be patient when things go against us. Uh, There's a joke that's been out there for a long time about uh, the Calvinist. And and Calvinists are kind of known for being very strong on the sovereignty of God, which I believe all Christians should be. But about the Calvinist who falls down the stairs and says, whew, I'm glad that's over with. But the reality is about that is that no fall is outside of God's care for you, is it? That's not, so far, it's, it's kind of a joke and we can get a chuckle out of it, but no fall is outside of God's care for you. If, if it were, if some harm that came to you was outside of God's control, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be, but he is. Patience in hard times. We can get impatient, I think, um, especially when we focus on our hard circumstances or maybe on people who have been rough or mean to us. But what we need to do to prevent that impatience, I think, is not focus on the circumstance, not focus on the people who might be giving you a hard time, but focus and turn immediately to God in every situation. One one pastor tells us to consider Joseph. Think about Joseph. You know, if you've been to, you know, the history of his life a little bit. He had a rough, rough many, many years. If he would have focused on what his brothers did to him, thrown him in a dry well, then selling him. If he would have focused on how Potiphar's wife got him thrown in prison. If he would have focused on how that chief, that lousy chief cupbearer forgot about him for two years, let him rot in prison longer. Think if he focused on those things. That's plenty of bad times. If he would have focused on those things, he would have gone insane. It would have made him crazy. He wouldn't have been able to handle life. He would have concluded that life was against him. Like, face it, you're tempted to do sometimes too when things go badly for us or for those close to us. But Joseph did not focus on those who harmed him. And that's so he could say in the end, we know that because he said this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Got the same thing with Job. It was these Chaldeans that did all these terrible things. And you can look at the beginning of Job if you need to be reminded of that. His children died, all his riches were taken away. But we never get the impression that he focused on these Chaldeans who did all these terrible things. We don't get that impression at all. If he had focused there, he would have turned to revenge. But instead, he recognized it all as from God's hand. And he came to this awesome thought the Lord gave, the Lord, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. For a Christian going through hard times or dealing with hard, difficult people, God's sovereign care is to lead us to patience. Patience. Fifth, it makes us confident. God's sovereignty makes our lives beautiful by making us confident. Appropriate, um, you've seen some people who are overly confident. That kind of goes to cocky. That's not what we're talking about. Appropriate confidence in life is beautiful. And actually, it's a recipe for success. Well, God's children can be confident people as we go through life because of God's sovereignty. The Catechism talks about that, a confidence for the future. We know that God has watched over his people in the past. We've seen, there are dozens of examples of that in the Bible we talked about Joseph and Job. Besides what we read in the Bible, each one of us here knows, we know that God has provided for us up to this point in your life that you're sitting in this pew today. And he's done that through all kinds of junk that each one of us has experienced. We can have confidence because of God's word because of your own experience up until now, you're here that God will provide in the future too you don't have to be fearful of what's around the corner you don't have to worry about tomorrow we can be confident boldly going forward into the unknown resting in God's providential care sixth, all of this makes us unafraid There are all kinds of folks who can live their lives in fear, living their lives so cautiously, crawling on hands and knees because they're expecting things to just fall apart at any time. We don't know what's going to happen. The sovereignty of God tells us things are not going to fall apart. Life can be rough and difficult. But God will never allow your life to fall apart. He's holding all things together. We talked about that last Sunday night in the universe. Every molecule, he's holding all things together. And he's holding you in the palm of his hand. You don't have to be afraid. Seventh, it makes us free. God's sovereignty makes our lives beautiful by making us free freedom from worry, freedom from fear like we talked about, but also freedom to live for Jesus, freedom to serve God. It's all in his hand and in his care. We can move confidently forward. Nothing will separate us from his love. We cannot ever fall out of his grasp. We can't lose It gives us every reason to be active, busy servants of God our Father, knowing that His plan, His purpose won't be thwarted. His purposes for you, for His church, for your salvation, cannot be changed by circumstances or people. So live in the freedom of the Lord. Don't live in shackles of, of worry. You're a free person. Boldly live for him. Promote his ways in the church. Promote his kingdom in the freedom that his sovereign reign brings. Finally, one more thought. The sovereignty of life makes for a meditative life. God's sovereignty makes our lives beautiful by making us meditate on God's care for us. Once you know about this, the complete sovereignty of God, You know what you do is you look all over the place for God's hand in things and in your life. At sunrise, when you see the moon at night, all the beauty in nature, in your own life, whether you're sick or healthy, whether you're prosperous or whether you're in poverty, whether people are nice to you or mean to you, whether people behind your back speak well of you or speak evil of you, Every one of those things, and a million other things I could have mentioned, are under God's control. It's not enough just to know this. We need to take the time and energy to meditate on the providence of God in all things in our life. And that means we need to have times where we pull back from the craziness of life. We need to have times where we unhook ourselves from our phones and tablets and all the rest, where we meditate on the Lord's care. A Christian that knows God's sovereignty gets used to seeing his hand in everything. And over time, in our lives, we develop a frame of thinking that makes it easier and easier to see God at work. You're not going to see him if you're not looking for him. So we got to work at this. We pray for wisdom and light. Satan wants us to focus and meditate on everything except God. Satan wants you to focus on the problems in your life late at night. Satan wants you to focus on problems in the church. Satan wants you to focus on problems in our world. Satan wants you to live in the past, get stuck in the past, maybe at a hurt there. It could be from a brother or sister in the church or at work or in your family. Satan wants you to stay fixated on that and just let it wreck your life to this day. And that happens among believers. The other thing Satan will do, if if that's not working for you, he'll, he'll have you focus on the future way more than you should in the sense of worrying and fretting and how is this ever going to work out? And that's going to wreck your life too. Instead, focus where the devil doesn't want us to focus on God, who he is, what he has done, what he is doing. Focus on his hand and his care in your lives. Psalm 143, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Focusing on God, that is ultimately the secret to a beautiful life. It will make your life beautiful. Live that beautiful life, would you? Let's all of us do it together, knowing God more and more. Placing ourselves and our loved ones like this family has done this morning under the care of their God and his people, the church.